We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR injury law help me if I'm hit by a driver with no insurance? Yes. How about if not enough insurance? Yep. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider with the former Vikings general manager. Uh, Jeff, you were at minicamp this week. Uh, just did a, We did a show earlier this week with John Krasinski on the Viking Update show where we talked a lot about the atmosphere of camp, what it means, what it could mean going forward. You know, before we get into some very specific stuff about DJ Wanham and Bradbury and, and the Rams contracts, how they could impact the Vikings, just give me your overview of these offseason workouts and what you observed and what they could mean, at least in your view? Well, I think it's always, as we've said before, a time of optimism. And there's a lot of kumbaya, shall we say, going on over at Vikings headquarters. And and uh, both Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins were talking yesterday about some of the team bonding they've done this mini camp and OTA period and, and having little outings to Twins games and Top Golf and all this and that. And, all sounds great until you get in into the heat of battle in, in week one against Green Bay. And if you lose a tough game in overtime, we'll see how all that translates. But so far, so good. And, and all the players I've talked with seem to have a real positive attitude about what's going on and, and just kind of a lighter feel for camp and heading into training camp. And, and that's all good. But as I said, it, things will heat up come end of July and hot days of training camp and tempers may flare a little bit and we'll see. And, and O'Connell was asked about, is he concerned about getting any calls in the middle of the night over the next month, which, which always concerned me as a team executive, by the way. This period between the end of, of the offseason program and the start of training camp when the players are let loose and got to make sure you get the message across very well to to mind your P's and Q's and stay out of trouble. And everybody's got a cell phone camera and all those type of things. But he seems to be on top of that. And that'll be a, one of the challenges for a new head coach to to deal with that and keep the discipline, which which is important, too. But but I think overall, things are good. It was a beautiful day out at out at the Vikings headquarters yesterday. Beautiful night. The Twins beat the Yankees. Hey, things are going great. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, absolutely. By the way, this is TalkNorth.com. You can find all of our shows at the website. We recommend subscribing at your favorite podcast app to either the shows you like or the entire network. Tons of good outdoor content. Dave Lee now joining us from WCCO. Mike Grimm, Cheryl Reeve, Jeff Diamond, John Krasinski. Just great stuff throughout the network. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see the shows as they release. Thanks to our producer, Brian Burdett, and thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Before we get into specifics, Jeff, I do find it really interesting that we're seeing a, a trend in modern sports, and it certainly has, has been in effect in the Twin Cities, where we've, we've kind of gotten away from old school, top-down, uh, 
almost like authoritarian management. You know, I mean, for the for a long time, the NFL was about guys like Bud Grant telling you what to do and you better do it or you're going to get cut. And now we're seeing kind of a friendlier management style. You see it with Chris Finch, you see it with Rocco Baldelli and Derek Falvey. Now you're seeing it with Kevin O'Connell and, and Quezzi uh, out at the Vikings. And you know what, Jeff? I covered you. You were kind of that way back when you did the job. You believed in getting along with people and having good relationships with players. Is it interesting to see for you to see this in effect now? Yeah, I think it is. And, and I, it's, as you said, it's a little bit different from what we've had in recent years. And particularly at the Vikings with, with Spielman and Zimmer, it was a little more buttoned down and a little more, shall we say, intense atmosphere. And especially perhaps last year when they when they knew they were in the throes of, of perhaps needing to make the playoffs in order to to keep their jobs. And, and so it's, yeah, it is a little different. And I think that's probably good. And as you said, I always kind of operated that way anyway, that, that I, I thought that, that one of the mistakes that w was made in the past was, was just to be so aloof from the media. And that was, that was really not what I was all about. As you know, I, I was always available, always willing to talk. I, I didn't always say anything <laughs> in terms of, of giving away any state secrets necessarily, but but I, I I talk a little off the record about what we thought of certain players and and had, had to deal with, with with Sid Hartman badgering me to to give him all kinds of scoops, <laughs> as you know back in the day. Oh yeah. But but it, it absolutely I think it's a positive and I think it does trickle down to the players and and how they deal with the media and and I just think that there's a a friendlier tone out, out at, at at Vikings practice and with the media and so I, I think all that is is positive and and even when uh, Kevin O'Connell for example got a little I don't want to say perturbed but a little upset that certain things were reported recently about mm -hmm. some game strategy and I think we talked about this last week but even then it, it's a little bit more of a mellow tone shall we say than perhaps what Zim would have done which would have been a certainly a verbal lashing and and so yeah i think i think it's good and it kind of makes it more fun out there and but as i said it's going to get a lot more intense in training camp and they know they've they've got to really start preparing hard for the regular season there are still some issues with this team i, I think that the roster overall is better but I, I think that there are still some question marks around the cornerback situation about the interior offensive line and and we'll get to the Gary Bradbury story uh, shortly, but but I think that was interesting. Some of his comments, and and I'm sure he's feeling the heat uh, in terms of not having his fifth year option exercised, and and I'm still concerned about that that right guard spot where Jesse Davis and Chris Reed are taking most of the snaps. Haven't seen a lot from the second round pick Ed Ingram yet, and Wyatt Davis last year's third round pick, kind of a forgotten guy. Is he going to be in the mix? And can any of those guys swing over to center? And a free agent, Austin Schlotman, has been backing up Bradbury. And so still some questions for this football team, definitely, and counting on some young players to step into major roles, and particularly, for example, 
at the second safety spot opposite Harrison Smith, where Lewis Seen and Cam Bynum are going to compete for that starting role. And yeah, I think it's going to be a, a very interesting training camp. There are going to be some good positional battles, but there also are a lot of strengths to this football team. And when you think about the skill position guys and and watch every day in practice, Adam Thielen's making one-handed sideline catches. Jefferson's making great catches in traffic. And, and those two guys are fun to watch on any day, whether it's in practice or in a game. And, and K.J. Osborne uh, was sidelined a little towards the end of camp as the third receiver, but he certainly has the leg up there, had a really good year last year. And B.C. Johnson, another kind of forgotten guy who was a pretty good player, making a lot of plays that I've seen in minicamp and OTAs, and he looks to be back from his injured knee. And that whole receiver spot's going to be great competition. Other strengths, the offensive tackles, when you've got O'Neal and Darisaw, two highly drafted guys and look really solid on the outside, that's a good thing. And I, I remember back in the 90s when when we had, had Court, Corey Stringer and, and – uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember my other tackle. God, <laughs> but but we had we had a couple of great offensive tackles back in the day. I'll think of it shortly. Stussy, and, uh, Todd Stussy, of course, a, a yeah. good friend of mine. Yeah, yeah Todd Stussy, uh, former first, both former first round picks were bookend tackles on on our great '98 team that went 15 and one. Thank you for remembering that. I would have felt bad if I forgot about Todd. He's he's a great guy. <laughs> anyway, but. I think there are a lot of strengths on this team. There are some question marks. And and what's all going to come down to, as we talk about all the time, Kirk Cousins and how he plays in crunch time, and can they keep Hunter and Zadaria Smith healthy? And, and that kind of leads me to having spoken with DJ Wanham this week, and we'll talk about that shortly too. Yeah, we want to get to, get to Wanham, Bradbury, uh, again, talk about some things going on around the league. Um, <laughs> the NFL is just amazing. It's amazing what's going on around here. Uh, Jack Del Rio and Sean Watson embarrassing themselves. I'm not sure we're even going to get into that, but it's uh, it's fascinating how much is happening in the league. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, Wanham and Bradbury next. First, though, do want to thank White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. The White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC. My longtime friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Gutrell, and their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com, and you'll see 0% APR on most GMC and Buick SUV models, including the stylish Encore GX. And check out the all-new next-generation GMC Sierra 1500. Reserve yours now. And don't wait. Reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. And the White Bear Lake Superstore is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They're a super certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut, so visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com. For all your vehicle needs and the premium experience, Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to TSR Injury Law. John Krasinski and I did the John Show uh, from the offices of TSR Injury Law. They started off as a very small business. Now they have the top two floors of a beautiful building in South Bloomington. Uh, Steve Terry's office is huge. He looks out over the lakes. 
they got there by winning cases. They do, don't even charge you unless they win your case. So it's a no risk thing to call them. 612 TSR time. We hope you don't need an injury lawyer, but if you do need an injury lawyer, you'll want somebody who's gonna win your case and take care of you. Uh, we've just had a blast getting to know the TSR people. We really trust them and like them. 612 TSR time, 612 TSR time. All right, let's get into it. Let's start off with Bradbury. Uh, you mentioned that uh, he's trying to gain some weight. I mean. He's obviously a smart player. He was a very good college player. He just gets, seems to get overwhelmed by some bigger defensive tackles. Yeah, he definitely does. He's had big issues with guys like Kenny Clark and in Green Bay and Akeem Hicks when he was in Chicago. I'm sure the Vikings are happy Akeem Hicks is in Tampa Bay now. They won't face him this year. And, and so, yeah, Bradbury, to me, athletic and all that, but what kind of anchoring does he do? And, and he's just had issues. He just has not been an impact player as a former first round pick that you would hope for an offensive center. And, and the Vikings, as I said, did not re exercise his fifth year option. So he's a potential free agent next year. And he is recognizing it to his credit and trying to gain weight. Talked about that he played at 295 in the past and now he's up back over 300 and trying to get to 310. It was kind of funny, the initial tweet that I think Chris Thomason of St. Paul had was what Bradbury was saying, he was eating a lot of beef and ice cream, which I kind of laughed about, hmm, I'm not sure how healthy that is. <laughs> but now now he's saying today in Andrew Kramer's story that, that he's trying to gain weight the right way and working with the right people and and so, We'll see how that all plays out, but they need him to step up. And as I said, I think there's a concern about that right guard spot, too. Uh, I'm sure their hope eventually is that Ed, Ed Ingram, the second-round pick, wins the job, but will he be ready right away? We'll see. And right now it's it's uh, the free agents, Jesse Clark and Chris Reed, that are, are kind of alternating first-team reps. And Wyatt Davis last year, third-round pick, I'm not sure he's going to even make the team. He just always seems to be in the background. And one thing we know, when a new regime comes in, they're not beholden to former draft picks. And so Wyatt Davis, he, he is definitely on the bubble going into training camp. But the guy's got to have talent. He's a former Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year at Ohio State. And you'd sure like to see him in some preseason action and see what he can do. And so, yeah, there, there's a lot lot going on. But Bradbury, I, I'm not sold on him. I'm going to have to see it in games uh, starting opening day against Kenny Clark, who he's had a lot of trouble with in the past. And whether this new weight can help, whether the new offensive line coach, uh, Chris Cooper, can help him too in terms of, of his role and the coaches are talking about Bradbury being real smart and a natural setting protections and all that. You still got to play the position and, and play it well. And, and so I, I got to see it to believe it, that he's really going to be the guy for the future. O'Connell's been talking him up since day one, but I don't know. It's uh, that's going to be one of the really interesting guys to watch. It is fascinating. I think offensive linemen are fascinating. They have to be really smart. They also have to be really big. Uh, especially the, you know, and, and especially smart if you're playing one of the interior positions and if you're playing center. And 
it's you know so many of these guys they just have to gorge they have just have to eat as many calories as possible to reach or maintain a certain weight you know they're the opposite like i've been around a lot of players in other sports where they they retire and they start gaining weight because they're not working out anymore most offensive linemen lose weight after they leave the nfl because they're not gorging themselves intentionally anymore yeah that's absolutely true there we had an event a couple of years ago it was kind of a memorial service for john michaels a former offensive line coach and some of the vikings uh alumni old linemen were there including gary zimmerman i didn't even recognize them because he he was so thin compared to what he played at and it's just it's amazing to as you said to see some of those guys and, and this is a, a hall of fame offensive lineman who probably played it at 290 or 300 or 310 and he he looks about 220 now and it's just uh, and there are a ton of examples of guys like that who have just lost a lot of weight no doubt about it. All right, let's get to DJ Wanham. Uh, we were talking off the air, and you think he might be a really important player for this team. Yeah, I do. It was kind of a little a little quiz I was kind of giving some people the other day. Who led the Vikings in sacks last year? And people say, oh, yeah, Daniil Hunter, of course. Well, no, he had six sacks in the first six games, and he's out for the season. Was it Everson Griffin? No, because he had five sacks in the first ten games, and then he leaves the team – for mental health reasons, the answer is DJ Wanham, the fourth round pick in 2020. He had eight sacks last year, but seven came in the last seven games after he became a full-time starter. And so he had a lot more opportunities. I talked to him this week and and just kind of mentioned him. Is it, is it kind of strange and a little disappointing to be stepping back into, into kind of a rotation, perhaps backup role behind Hunter and Zadarius Smith, and he he said, no, absolutely not. I'm going to learn from them. I'm going to continue to grow in the in the defense and and playing outside linebacker in a new system. Even though he did some stand up in college, and and so he's a guy that has has a lot of talent, and I think he's a really important guy for this team in terms of being in in that rotation, getting a lot of play time, and being able to to give some rest to Hunter and Smith and keep those guys healthy for later in the season. Obviously, every game is important in the NFL. I think that's what separates the NFL from other sports, that if you get off to a bad start, you could be out of luck right away. And the Vikings have found that out the last couple of years. Uh, it was, for example, the one and four star last year. But, but I think if they can kind of manage the snaps for, for Hunter and Smith, and use Wanham to a great extent in that rotation, he could be a double-digit sack guy as he goes into his third season and set himself up for perhaps a good payday in a couple of years. So I think he's really a key player, and and, and he has to rotate effectively into that into that system. And but it was it was interesting to hear him talk about the new defense and that things are on track and that they're connecting well and and that they are are, are meshing and coming together and that that he feels that the the three three man front is going to be really positive for the pass rush and and playing outside linebacker setting the edge and getting on the edge so it worked out really well for the bears over the past few years uh, against the vikings in particular and and for a lot of teams in the league uh, and so it'll be one of the uh, again one of the major storylines in camp watching this defense and watching guys like Wanham and 
seeing how they manage the snaps for Hunter and Smith. They certainly managed their snaps in, in minicamp and OTAs. They were on the field, which was a good sign, but, but a lot of that stuff was that half speed and no full speed and not full contact. That's all going to change come training camp. And, and as I said, that'll be fascinating to watch. But, but it also was interesting to hear Cousins and O'Connell talking about Ed Donatel's defense in the 3-4, particularly Cousins, and mentioning how muddy it looks for a quarterback when, when he comes to the line of scrimmage against that 3-4 and the safeties are, are not tipping their hand on where they're going to be perhaps a little different from the past, even though we always saw Harrison Smith going up to the line, going back to the, to the secondary, but maybe he's going to not be doing that quite so early in the game this year. And, and so it, it was uh, cousins was talking. He said, it's really a hard defense to play against. And that, I think, again, another big storyline going into training camp and, and the season, but also, one of the concerns, and I think it's an underplayed factor, this is still a new coaching staff, a new system for a lot of these guys. How quickly can they really get up to speed compared to teams that have been playing this defense for years and years and years, such as the Packers? And we'll see. I think it's going to be a challenge and a building process. I think they're fortunate to have a, a relatively favorable schedule this year compared to last year. But I, I think it's going to be a, a big challenge for this team to be a playoff team. They've got the talent to get there, as I said, if, they, if everything comes together and if they stay healthy. Let's talk about Kevin O'Connell's last team. They have now re-upped Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup at, a, at you know, very high levels. And let's start with Cup. He sets a record last year for catches. Now, uh, O'Connell comes here, brings Wes Phillips, and they have Jefferson and Thielen. Do you see either Jefferson or Thielen playing the Cooper Cup role in this offense, or do you think that that his his catches, his usage, kind of gets split between the two? Well, I think that I think that Jefferson and Thielen are going to get plenty of opportunities, and I don't know that necessarily either one of them is is going to play that Cooper Cup role. Particularly, probably Jefferson will be targeted more. But but I see I see Adam getting a lot of a lot of, of opportunities in minicamp and and in in OTAs and and I think he's going to be a key guy because because you know teams are gonna are gonna focus on Jefferson to a certain extent in terms of being a an All Pro Pro Bowl guy which Jeff which Thielen has been too and it also sets up KJ Osborne to have a big year and Irv Smith Jr. and so. Plus, you have a, a great running back in, in Dalvin Cook, a great second back in, in Alexander Madison. I think in some respects, O'Connell and Phillips have, have a better skill position group to deal with here, even though Odell Beckham came on in the playoffs last year. We know that. But, but certainly at tight end, for example, I think Smith, or Smith Jr. has more talent. The three wide receivers together here, I think, are more talented even though Cooper Cup is an amazing player. And so I guess the answer would be Jefferson would be the guy that would, would probably be leaned on in, in some late-game late situations, as Cup was last year in the Super Bowl. But I, I think Adam's going to have a ton of opportunities. 
and and so will KJ Osborne. But Jefferson is 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 truly special, special player, and it certainly doesn't bother him to see Cooper Cup get a three-year, eighty million dollar extension on top of the deals that Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill got already. Jefferson is is in a just a phenomenally great position. If he has another big year, <clears throat> that he'll be he'll be signed to a twenty-five to thirty million dollar year contract. Not much doubt about that, and it'll probably happen next spring or early summer, I would guess. Interesting. How are the Rams managing to pay so many star players so much money? Is it is it is it part of it that they you know, trade away so many first round picks that they're not having to pay the big rookie deals. Yeah, I, th- I think that helps their cause. I think they also have a lot of late round picks that have made it in in supporting roles to to help the Aaron Donalds of the world and 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 Aaron Donald, of course, getting a, a big big bump this this week and forty million dollars additional money over the last three years of his deal, which I thought was was a very interesting decision by the Rams to open up a contract for a guy that had three years left. And I was never willing to do that as a GM with a guy with three years left on his deal, because I, I thought every player in the locker room would be lined up in my door that was signed to a long-term deal. And I had dealt with that situation with Chris Dolman. Uh, after I had signed him to a five-year deal, we talk about this often. And I talk about this one in my college speaking when I talk to negotiation classes and I say, hey, a deal that you think is a great deal when you do it, a good deal for both sides, it can blow up in your face. And that's what happened to me with Chris Dolman. And to a certain extent happened with Aaron Donald because he signed a deal that he thought that he was the highest paid defensive player. And then two years later, TJ Watt is making five million a year more than him. And, and, And so it's just becomes kind of a, a difficult situation for a GM to deal with. And I had to deal with, with Dolman, but I, I did not extend him. The Rams chose to do it with Aaron Donald and, and not call his bluff and think he's going to retire, which I, I never thought he would retire uh, at 31 years old at the top of his game. But, but the Rams certainly kind of went, went with, with what, what Aaron Donald was looking for. And, and yeah, it sets up a lot of issues down the road, but they're obviously playing kick the can here and willing to to do these deals. And, and you can structure a deal when you do these extensions and you can give them a, a, a minimum first year salary with a big signing bonus and the, the cap number can actually even go down. But in the future, it's going to be huge to deal with. And so the Rams may have to continue to restructure, 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 and eventually the dead money will come home to roost on guys like Donald and Matthew Stafford, who they extended, and and Cups deal. Cups a younger guy, and yeah, it, it's certainly salary cap caponomics at work here for the Rams and the Vikings have done it to a certain extent, and other teams do it all around the league. But you can never get rid of that the, that signing bonus proration where it's eventually going to come home. Let's get a summation from Jeff on, on this offseason. I want to thank, once again, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. 
TSR Injury Law, 612 TSR Time, and our producer, Brianne Burdett. We appreciate you listening to TalkNorth.com. And listen, the, the Vikings are going to go into a little bit of a hibernation here before they start training camp. We're going to keep doing Viking shows because sometimes the off-season shows are even more fun than the rest of the shows. We can go in any direction we want. Next week, I think I'm going to ask you about some of the great assistant coaches in Vikings history. Uh, Jeff, and we'll get into more NFL issues because the NFL always has issues. For today, give us give us uh, whatever your final thought is on the Vikings uh, offseason. Yeah, I think I'll have a couple of final thoughts. I had watching the kickers this week. I think Greg Joseph is pretty obvious is going to win this job unless Gabe Burkitch improves a lot going into into camp and preseason games because because Joseph really outkicked him a couple of days in minicamp this week and Burkitz was, was missing about 50% of his kicks and Joseph almost perfect, even kicking in the wind. He looked great, which is a good sign. My other thought is I'm Kellen Mond and I think we can talk a little further about that next week, but I thought it was interesting that he was taking almost all the second team reps. And, and so perhaps they've seen enough of Sean Mannion to know what they have with Sean Mannion and want to see if, if Mond can really make a push for that number two job and uh, he, he he's been a little up and down in camp too but we can talk a little more a bit about more about the strategy of the number two quarterback in the future but but yeah I think overall it was a good offseason program for Kevin O'Connell O'Connell and, and the co- and the new coaching staff getting established but they've got a lot of work to do before they face the Green Bay Packers. It's going to be fun to chronicle here on Jeff Diamond's Vikings NFL Insider. Also, check out the Viking Update show on our network. Uh, Check out all the shows. We do appreciate you listening, and we'll be back next week to get into more Vikings issues.